Ah, you're a legend for being here, doll. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Friend, today's episode of the You're Welcome podcast comes from you and those of you that hang out with me on Instagram are going to be excited because you've been asking about this and we have been discussing this topic and I've been promising to share more about it. It all goes back to an IG story I posted a few months ago, I actually tried to go back and look for it. And I don't remember what prompted it or when it was, but we were talking about morning routines. And I asked how many of you have a morning routine that you follow? I was saying, I don't have a morning routine. And the vast majority of you did not have a morning routine. Then I asked how many of you that don't would like to or feel guilty that you don't have one. And that was the vast majority. I came away feeling like 80% of yes of us, of y'all, of us, um, 80% of us don't have a morning routine and feel guilty that we don't. And I was shocked by this. It, I couldn't think of anything else that I could have asked, what do you not do and you just consistently feel bad about it? And 80% of us, like some of us don't work out, some of us don't eat healthy, some of us don't save enough money, but 80% of us could all be like, we're all in this together. I was shocked. And I said, why do you guys think this is? Why are you feeling like you should have a morning routine? Why do you not have one? Why do you feel guilty about this? And a lot of the responses were, I think it's because there is this feeling in culture. There's this story. There's all these people in interviews that say it's the secret of their success. It feels like this is a common thread amongst high achievers of people that we look up to. And yet, us mere mortals can't seem to get our act together. So it is this huge chasm between where they are and where we want to be. So number one reason I want to talk about this today is that I have not had a morning routine. Now, I am more successful than some people in life, and I am less successful than others. So I am not saying that, look, guys, you don't need a morning routine. Look at all I've accomplished in life. But I also do want to be honest that I know that the things that I have accomplished in being an entrepreneur and running a business are not normal. I know that I have done more, have taken more risks, have made more happen, have accomplished more. And therefore, I also want to be honest that it does not come from having a perfect schedule behind the scenes. Number two reason I want to talk about this is I have newly created a daily and a weekly, uh, I'm sorry, a morning and a daily schedule, rhythm, routine. And by newly, I mean three weeks. And I want to share why I've made that shift and what I've learned so far. There are some things that myself and other teachers teach from when we are an expert. We have years of experience. But I also think there is real value in teaching when we are in progress with something because we all have things in our life that we are new at. We have not yet started. We would like to start. We are in the middle of. We are struggling with. For you, that might be having a morning routine. It might be your nutrition and what you're eating or starting a business or paying off debt and being wiser about your finances. So I would rather not wait until I sound like a perfect expert who's nailed it and come back to you a year from now and make it sound like, Oh, this just happens. We just, some of us are just perfect, guys. We just have all these things together. And again, there is this great chasm. I would rather share while I'm in the midst of it 
to say, this is what it looks like to try something new. And here's all of the questions. Here's the way I approach it. Here's why I feel like I'm actually having really great success with it. And number three, that it isn't just about our morning and daily rhythm. If you are coming from that place today where you want to do that better and you are curious about it, great. We're going to talk about that in this episode. But also really listen for how I'm problem solving for myself my life, I'm noticing my stories and my objections and my excuses and the roadblocks that are happening for me for whatever it is that you are wanting to start, shift, excel at, overcome. So let's talk about the why. My why for why I made this shift into I'm going to try to have a morning routine when I've never done that before or I've never successfully done that before. And it really comes down to the fact that I struggle with working out. Um, I mean, I don't know. Working out is hard. I just don't naturally love it. I think a lot of people will truly be, my sister-in-law, for example, she was struggling working out again after having a baby. But when we talk about it, she's like, I really love working out though. I love how I feel afterwards. I have, I've been that girl at a few select times in my life, but generally I'm just not that girl. And I see other people talk about it on Instagram predominantly, and I feel very far from it. I'm like, I know you guys all love it. I do remember at times I've gotten into it and then I liked it more, but uh, I just feel really resistant about it. And, you know, be frustrated with this or not, but my weight for me isn't a pain point. And I really want to be honest about that because what you know that I care so much about what makes us feel beautiful as women and that our weight and our shape ends up being a lot of that. And I am a perfect example of the fact that just because you have a a clothing size that someone else might look at doesn't necessarily mean that I think I have a, or I know that I have a healthy body or that I have a strong body and that those sorts of elements that someone can be working out without actually desiring to lose any weight or even aesthetically see their body change that much. For me, it's really, there is so much messaging around mental health and working out, being better for your anxiety, being better for your brain. And as you know, I have struggled with anxiety. I really care about mindset. I want my my brain to be as healthy as it can be. And it feels like I've taken these other wise, intentional steps over the years. And this is a next step that I haven't taken. And I also don't want to be a hunched over old lady. <laughs> Like that's my my bigger thing rather than like having a better butt is I just I don't want to be those women that, you know, they start to curve over and then they're like looking at the sidewalk when they're walking down because their spines are just so curved over. That's the level of like, all right, at what point am I going to reach a certain age where this isn't as easy as it seemed? And now I'm starting to be like, man, I really should have started strengthening my muscles five years ago. So uh, I have done some health things along the way. I saw a physical therapist for years, super regularly. So he would, in essence, kind of be my personal trainer in that way. But it, I, you know, that was once a week or twice a week. And um, it was really because I was in pain rather than this is just a happy, healthy part of my everyday. And I've worked on my nutrition. I've eaten a lot cleaner over the last few years. I'm like 80% gluten-free or grain-free and dairy-free and whatever. So I've had other ways that I was was making progress in uh, in this area, but I knew that I wasn't ultimately working out. So there's multiple reasons why, you know, it's hard. I don't like it. I don't know. But my number one was time. 
And I really think that that is so important to note, whatever it is that is not happening in your life, in whatever category, what is the number one reason? You probably have multiple reasons. You don't have time. You don't have money. You don't know how. You don't have the desire. You're afraid. Like there's a lot of different competing things happening. But what's the number one? What's the biggest thing for you to get over? And I knew for me that that was time. I am very busy, even though, which I don't say to brag, I say that as a source of shame sounds a little too extreme. I wouldn't say I'm like deeply ashamed by it, but I'm not proud of it. I would be so, guys, the day I come to you and I'm like, yeah, I work a really spacious six hours a day and I work a half day on Fridays. That's when I'll be like, guys, here's the secret. I have like achieved all the things. So the fact that I'm busy is not great. It is a frustration and a pain point. How can I simplify my business? How can I do less? We talked about essentialism in an episode a couple weeks ago. So for me, time is the biggest thing. If, I, if I'm constantly scrambling to meet all these work deadlines and get everything done, where the heck am I supposed to, to find an hour and a half of time? And so what I had tried, if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, you know that I was very proud of the fact that I had gone to Pilates for like two weeks when I launched this podcast. Yeah, that that lasted like another two weeks and then I was done with that. But that was an hour-long Pilates class and I left the house and I got back. So it was like an hour and a half, you know, two hours that I was out of the office. So I really tried to just break apart. How can I simplify this time thing? What are all the things I can look at? Number one, um, I two hours is too much. What could I do in half an hour? What could I do in 30 minutes? I cannot tell myself that I don't have 30 minutes a day. So now I'm not looking for an exercise class to go to. I'm looking for something to do at home. I'm not trying to commit to an hour-long work workout. I'm looking for a half-hour thing that I could do. Um, I had tried midday with that Pilates, and I would cancel. I would say that I was going to go to the class, and then I would get in the flow of something. I'd be like, oh, I don't really don't want to stop this. Or someone on my team would say, can we meet about this? And the meeting would go long. Um, I know that I'm useless at night. I know for a lot of people that works. Um, I just have no willpower left at the end of the day. I find that I have to exert a lot of willpower in being my own boss and running my own business. And by the time I get to night, I'm just like, I don't, I can't tell myself to do the things anymore. So I knew that wasn't going to work. So that left mornings. Well, the problem is I'm not a morning person. Um, and so that felt like something I was really resistant to, which is why I tried afternoons, which is why I'd kind of tried nights, which is why, I'd, you know, just tried other things. But ultimately, I was left with, I think mornings is the answer. And when I did my week in the life episode, I'll link that below. That was back in November or uh, December. And I did a week in the life episode for you guys. And I had such ahas for myself around the fact that I feel behind every morning. Every day I was realizing, okay, so I laid out my day and I thought it would take me 45 minutes to get ready and it took me an hour and a half. Okay, so I laid out my day and I thought I was going to be working at nine, but then I spent an hour on Instagram posting a video and stories and replying to DMs and then I got to work at 10. So I did get down to work, but I've been feeling guilty all day that I didn't get on Instagram. And so that's just a separate takeaway. The idea that all I really did was I tracked my time for a week and then I talked about it. <laughs> now, I had the outlet here of the podcast, but you don't have to have that to say I'm going to keep a diary for myself every day for a week of exactly what I am doing with my time. And then I'm going to journal about it. I am going to talk to my partner or my best friend. I'm going to spend the next week reflecting on the past week and what can I take away from it. So I realized 
my mornings were even more of an issue than I realized. They were affecting my my work. They were a pain point with Instagram. And now I'm finding that this is the time that would make most sense, I think, to move my body. So the journey to getting here, this is all to say, is a very long, slow road to desire moving my body, which I mean, honestly, guys, the last time I regularly worked out was probably 10 years ago. I mean, I started my business nine years ago. And the time that I can remember, I was consistent for the longest period of time. I went to New York Sports Club with my friend Star, and we had this one workout teacher we loved, and we'd follow her all around New York City. I mean, that was, it was when Star was single, and Star has been married for 10 years. So I just knew it was a while ago, and that was the longest stretch that I ever went. So we're also going back to, like, I know that I was a professional dancer, and that gets in people's heads of, like, oh, you were probably working out all the time as a dancer. No, I really wasn't. I was, I was going to auditions where you sit around and wait and then you stand up and you go and you learn a combination and like the whole thing takes half an hour. And then I was in the Radio City Rockettes where you, as a singer, where you go on and you do a number for two minutes and then you leave and you're off stage for 20 minutes. And then you come, same thing when I was on a Broadway tour. People are like, oh, I guess that was the best exercise. No, really, like you do the same exact thing every day. Your body gets used to it. You're not on stage the entire time. You're not doing super high cardio. So honestly, when I look back, I've never, high school, college, professional dancer, I've never been that girl who really had that. So it has been such a long, slow road. And I want to emphasize that because if it has been a long time or never since you have done something, since you've been this kind of person, since you've been good at this thing, you've wanted to do this thing for so long, it's not too late. And I really want to emphasize that because I think that these things, they feel bigger and heavier and less like something we can do, the longer we've been like, well, but I've been at this weight my whole life. I've I've always been in debt and bad with money. I've, I've had this dream to start a business for 15 years and I've never done anything about it. I really want you to hear me say, this is not something that I was ever good at. And I realized that, you know, a year ago, I started this podcast, not quite, but, and I was proud that I'd worked out with Pilates for two weeks. And then I quit after two weeks and I realized that I'm here doing an episode about how I'm really proud of myself and it's been three weeks. But I would not be doing this episode if I didn't feel like, oh, there's been a fundamental shift and this isn't a bandwagon that I'm falling off of because I love this and I see the benefits of it. And I'm going to talk about that. So it was the balance of a long time of having all these pain points and a, a recent aha of oh my gosh, my mornings and my time that came out of that podcast episode and just realizing sometimes it is the right circumstances coming together at the right time that sort of jumpstarts you into something. And I don't want you to make excuses for yourself and keep staying in something you're not happy in, but I also want you to give yourself grace and just be honest. I've had the thought a lot of times that I should work out and I haven't done it and I've tried and I failed. And now I'm having a lot of success which again, I want you to hear that it's not like the first time I had this thought, I did something and then I just never struggled with it again. Like I want to be honest that this has been a bumpier journey or journey for me than, for example, starting a business where I had the idea to start a business and I literally started that day. Some things like that happen for us in life. Some things happen like this. So one of the questions that Carly asked on Instagram when I posted on stories and asked for your guys' questions on this was, how do you craft a routine that matters to you versus her fancy morning routine? And I loved this question because it really is so key 
why you want this thing, that you are motivated, that it really matters to you. And it can't just be the external pressure of somebody else told me this was their secret secret to success. Because I have heard plenty of people preach about the life-changing magic of moving your body. And I still haven't done it. I had to get to the place for me and really listen as I'm sharing today about the things that truly matter to me. You have to find those things for you. It's not about now I can say I have a morning routine or this best-selling author that I love said she had one, so I want to have one. I really noticed for me, what are my true pain points? I don't want to be a hunched over old lady. Um, I want to focus on my brain health. I realize that my mornings are making me unhappy and I just wasn't even realizing this for so long because they aren't structured. I suddenly have all these little things that add up to actually got a lot of reasons to be motivated to do something here. So notice for you, where do you feel guilt or shame or desire, yearning, longing? When you identify that, then set out to fix that rather than a goal that someone else had, such as you should have a morning routine. Really notice wh- what would that do for you? What's the thing without anybody else's input that you, this, the, the thought that runs in your head of, I wish I, I wish I didn't. I'm so frustrated that it would be easier if, and we really have to take it from that internal action. Also remember that there is nothing magical about January 1. Uh, my assistant just said that I've really inspired her because she was like, I am a Mondays girl. If I fall off my diet, I'm like, well, I'll get back on a Monday. And I told her, I remember Oprah saying years ago, she said, I started so many diets on a Monday, I finally decided there must be something wrong with Mondays. I was like, I need to start my diets on a Thursday. And that's such a perfect example because January 1 comes around once a year. Mondays comes around every seven days. And it's really easy for us to keep saying, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let me just you know start again. So I would give the advice that if you can tie in a, a shift and change in your life into some other season shift that is happening. It's the end of a project um, or a shorter window. Like you have three weeks until you're taking this trip. Like rather than just I could decide any time and now it's sort of so big. You could do it anytime. You also could try for three days and quit and then start again on Monday. For me, one of the reasons I think this was so powerful is that I prepped it for a while. I started on January, Tuesday, January 21, random day of the week, random day of the month. But I saw that coming for a long time. I was ending a four-month season of creating our Elegant Excellence Journal, into launching it, into launching our Elegant Excellence Mastermind, closing the doors on a Friday taking Monday off, and then Tuesday was a fresh season with work, with my team. There just there was a lot of freshness and newness, and it just gave me that energy to kind of go into something. When it comes to starting, I mentioned before, what is your first objection? There's going to be a lot of things you've got to overcome for the reasons you don't want to do something or the issues. You don't have the time. You don't have the money. You don't have the know-how. You have the fear. You have the overwhelm, whatever. What is your first and biggest objection? And mine, as I said, was time, which means when I started to go to the gym, I said, I don't care about how many calories I'm burning. I don't care about am I doing the right exercises. I don't care am I working out hard enough. It is simply get down to the gym. I can walk on a slow speed on the treadmill for 20 minutes while being on my phone. And you know what I did? 
I went I went to the gym that morning. And that is my first and only objective. Then I can get onto now how do I want to be better utilizing this time? Do I want to push my body more? But I'm three weeks in and I didn't allow myself all of a sudden on day two to go, okay, well, I did the time. So let me move on to the next one. I'm like, girl, for the last decade, you've told yourself you didn't have time. So we're going to, I don't know how long, weeks, months, we're just going to focus on time. We're just going to prove to ourselves that we can make this half hour of time before we also make it hard, before we also make it longer. Uh, So many people ask, like, when do you wash your hair when they saw my schedule on Instagram? which I'll link below it, my updated schedule. But they're like, oh my gosh, when do you wash your hair? Like, and I was like, yeah, I'm not worried about that because I'm not really sweating. I'm not working out that hard. So I'll figure that out later. If I really start like crossfitting myself and I'm just drenched with sweat, I will figure out then how I add that extra half hour into my schedule. But this is what we do when we try to start something. We get stuck answering, wanting to answer 12 questions before we answer one. So you're like, okay, but I'm going to go to the gym, but then what am I going to do down there? And then aren't I, isn't it going to be hard? And then like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. And then am I going to have to wash my hair? So then really I'm going to have to take more time. And now you're not even doing the first thing, which was question number one was simply, can I make 30 minutes to go to the gym? That's it. And then don't, and then once that is answered, now we can move on to the second one. So number one was time. But what's even before that? Before that is my objection to mornings. (laughs) Um, I am not a morning person. And a lot of you replied, thank goodness that when I shared my schedule, they said, thank goodness you're not up at 4.30 or 5 a.m. And, you know, I didn't think about that. Um, I so know that I am not a bright and early morning person that I don't beat myself up for it. And the number of responses Replies that I got really highlighted to me how many of you have the story. I can't ever do this because I I can't wake up at 4:30 a.m. Or I am so far from doing this because I wake up at seven and those other people wake up at 4:30. And that two and a half hours, like that would be a whole different life, a whole different schedule. How would I deal this? And I couldn't do go to my book club. And again, suddenly we have a list of 17 things that are in the way. So one thing I want to point out is notice if you're focusing on people who are different to you versus similar to you. Notice that whatever it is you're trying to shift in your life, are you thinking, well, I mean, they don't have kids. So I have kids. Like I'm listening to Hillary's podcast here, but you know, she doesn't have kids and I couldn't do it like that. Or I could never go carb free. I mean, I could do other diet things, but she said that's the whole secret to her success. And I just, I could never, I just, you know, I like bread too much. So instead of focusing on people that are similar to you, If you're not a morning person, don't listen to the podcast episode of the girl that gets up at 4.30 in the morning unless you are really prepared to mentally shift everything to, okay, but this is going to start for me at 7. What does that mean for my day? If you're listening to someone like me who doesn't have kids and you do, look for the things that you can take out of it to apply rather than going, well, this isn't going to work for me because I don't have kids. And so that just really stood out to me as interesting. I don't do that. Now, that's not to say that I don't think my life would be easier if I was a morning person. Like my friend Jasmine, I think she wakes up at like 4.30. And I remember texting her a couple years ago when I found that out. And I was just like, girl, that just makes me feel like what could I accomplish in the world if I had an extra two and a half hours to my day? And she just texted back, God knows what time he designed you to wake up. <laughs> like, and I was like, okay, that's a really good point. Like that, that's the life that she's living. But it was like, 
I'm not missing out on my destiny here in life because I'm not a morning person, you know, and I can hold on to that story or I can just say, well, what can I learn from everyone and put it into a way that works for me? Now, mornings obviously starts with nights. So our first objection was time. Our second objection was mornings. And now it's the step even before that, you know, like, yes, I'm struggling with making enough time, but I think it's mornings. So now I'm on to, well, I really struggle with mornings. Well, where does that come from? Okay, that starts with nights. So where can we walk back to really get to the root of something? What's the smallest step we can take? And what's the true root that we can get to? So if you are saying, oh, I, you know, I keep blowing my diet because I snack too much. Well, do you need to stop buying snacks? You know, like, are you buying stuff at the grocery store that then you're beating yourself up for eating at home? Like, what's the step before? Are you frustrated that you're spending and you need to remove your your back up and remove your credit card? I have a girlfriend that is working to get herself out of debt right now. And she gave like gave all of her credit cards to a girlfriend. And I would imagine that on top of that, you got to take extra steps. You got to remove it from your history on your profiles so that you can't be like, well, I don't have it in front of me, but I can still go online and do this. Like you got to take active steps. But she said, if I could take out the credit card, it would slow me down in the moment to not buy that, you know, $300 worth of clothing or whatever if I don't actively have that cash or have that on my debit card. So what's the step before the thing you want that you can tweak? So the time goes back to mornings, the mornings goes back to night. One other thing that is really helpful is accountability. And Christine had asked, does Jeremy have a morning routine too? Is this a couple's goal? So if you are familiar with Myers-Briggs personality types, which I've mentioned before, uh, the last letter, you are either a J or a P a judger or a perceiver. J's tend to prefer structure and P's prefer spaciousness. A J likes to do the same thing every day and get into a routine. And a P likes having diversity and having their schedule change up all the time. Um, I am definitely a P and Jeremy is a J. He also pops up instantly when he wakes up in the morning, eyes open, boom, out of bed. He crashes the instant his head hits hits the pillow. Like I don't, sometimes I swear he just finished a sentence and then like his arm twitches. And I'm like, how are you in such a deep sleep that you're having body twitches? I swear you just finished the last sentence. Like uh, he goes to the gym regularly and has the entire time that we have been dating. He's that person that goes for a run on Thanksgiving day. Like that's one of the first things that I knew about him from our friends, the friends we had in common when we met. They were like, oh yeah, we were all on Thanksgiving and and getting there. And Jeremy was like, I'll be there. We like ran into him on the street. They're like, we'll be there in a minute. I'm just going on a run. And they were all like, you like making all of us feel like, you know, uh, lazy for taking the day off. So he has a very different personality type. Now, I would like to say we have been together for over three years now, and I am just now getting to the morning routine. So for anyone who's like, oh, if I just was in a relationship, if I just had a partner that did this, I would like to point out I have a structured partner and that has not helped me. (laughs) It does help, however, that he's totally on board with, great, babe, what time do you want to wake up? What time do you want to go down to the gym? It definitely helps having that accountability, but I really am 100% confident that if I was on my own, I would absolutely still be as successful at this. I did it when he traveled. He was gone for like four days last week, didn't throw off my routine, and I was single for such a long time that I'm very sensitive 
to that difference and feeling like, oh, it would be so much easier if I had someone. So I do want to be really clear and honest. I do not feel like I could have done this if I wasn't on my own. But for accountability, Instagram helps. Come follow me on stories. Use me as your buddy. Know that I am working on this. I'm sharing about it many of the mornings and, you know, use me as your buddy in that way or use another friend that you're just texting with. It doesn't even have to be a friend that is with you. My sister-in-law has someone else that's doing the same online workout program that she is. They don't work out together. They're just texting each other. Hey, I did my such and such workout today. So as far as what I actually do, for my daily schedule, I will link that below. I posted it on Instagram. So I will just show you if you're a visual person, you kind of want to see what that looks like. But my biggest takeaway is that I really paid attention. What really happened for me in the three weeks of doing this is mindfulness. That was my big takeaway. I've realized that I was becoming so much more self-aware versus that feeling that I'm sure I'm not alone in having of where did that time go? Like, what did I do all night? How is it so late all of a sudden? What did I do from the time I woke up? Why am I late getting out the door? Why am I late to work? Why am I late to that class? Why am I late to church? Now, I do still have that in my work day, but I think that that can be good. It can mean that I'm just in flow. And I was like, man, that day flew, but I was doing productive work all day. But specifically for me at night and in the morning, that would be my, I went into a coma. I honestly, I can't possibly explain to you how three hours just went by. I don't understand. I thought I got up at the right time. How am I a half an hour late in getting here? And again, this applies to anything, what you're eating or spending. I would really recommend that if there's something that you want to see that breakthrough in, as I said before with tracking a week in the life, maybe it's just a week to start because doing that initial week is what two months later led me to make a change. I didn't immediately make a change. I kind of accidentally did some data gathering and excavation during that week to then ponder and noodle on for the next two months of, huh, so what do I want to do about that? But by really noting, if you noted everything that you spent or, um, you know, what whatever it is that is in, in your life that you were trying to work on, you would become more mindful of it. And I would love to tell you that I'm someone who meditates. I'm not. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I am the most mindful person. I think that's a definitely an area that I could could grow in. I think a lot of us struggle with our thoughts being on autopilot, our actions being on autopilot. You get on a new web browser or you open up something on your phone and then it hits you. What was I even on here for? Why am I why am I here? I was in the midst of writing that email. What the how did I even get here? So I think a lot of us are guilty of that and struggle with that. And for me, really doing this daily schedule. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so freeing. I am self-aware. I don't, I can see the little tweaks to make rather than feeling overwhelmed, feeling like a victim, feeling disappointed in myself. So let me give you some examples of that. I wake up at 7 a.m. Now I have a very bougie problem, which is that I have magical and magnificent views of Manhattan from my apartment. And I have huge floor to ceiling entire wall of glass windows, Um, which means that it is very hard for me to get up before the sun rises because, again, I'm not a morning person. So that felt like I would like to be getting up a little bit earlier, but being winter right now, it feels like such a heavier pull through the molasses to wake up at 6.30 when it's dark 
versus seven when it's getting light. So I just decided, again, break it down to baby steps. That is not, that is one more fight I don't need to fight. So what is the, I, I can make it easier. I can wake up when the sun comes up and sure, I could justify to myself why I'd like to be up even earlier. But let's just start with where we're at, right? Let's just start with a couple of things instead of all the things. So I wake up at 7 a.m. and I told myself I was going to get to the studio by 7.30. Now I say studio and I've said gym here in um, in this podcast and I, I use them interchangeably, but it is worth noting that I think language matters. And working out and going to the gym have become such heavy things for me over the years. I don't like working out. I don't want to go to the gym. Like nothing about that apparently sounds appealing or I would have done it before. So I just look sometimes for little tiny language tweaks and the studio that feels like the dance studio or what have you. And I am incredibly blessed. I will be very transparent. We live in a doorman building and there is a gym right inside our building. So I don't have to get in the car. Uh, I don't have to drive someplace. I'm or in New York City, I don't have to walk very far. I'm just going right downstairs. But honestly, what I am doing in the studio, quote unquote, the majority of the time I could be doing in my living room. Like if if for you, it's I, I don't have the time to get in the car or that's my barrier. I just want to create this rhythm where I'm doing it at home. I'm doing free online workouts. I'm stretching while I listen to podcasts. I am sometimes walking on the treadmill or doing the stair climber or like riding the stationary bike. But that would not be making the difference if I truly was simply in my living room. So I said, OK, I'll wake up at 7 and I'll be there at 7.30. 7.30 was just not happening, folks. <laughs> um, it just it just wasn't. And I thought, again, all right, instead of trying to micromanage all those minutes, could I just make it a little easier and could I shift it to 8 o'clock? Yes, that means it's going to shift back the rest of my day. But like, I just want to succeed, right? I want to give myself chances to succeed. And if I'm if the 7.30 is not happening and every day I'm like, oh, I'm late, I'm behind. And the very first thing I try to do, I'm already disappointed in myself, add a little bit of breathing room in there. So even with it being at 8, there were still days where I was, or even when it was a 7.30, I really was paying attention to what am I doing? How can it take me a half hour to wake up, put on my exact same workout clothes and walk downstairs. This is ridiculous. But I really started to pay attention. Well, what is it? Well, first, I'm hitting snooze multiple times. So we'll come back to that. And second, I'm going on Instagram. I'm going on Instagram. And I cannot go on Instagram. Give me an N. Give me an O. Give me an I. G. No, I G. I cannot go on Instagram. And I tell myself, I'm only going to be there for on there for a second. I'm just going to reply to some comments on my posts. I'm just going to check out my DMs. I'm just going to see this. No, 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 no. I can't do it. So I also am just not a popper out of better like Mr. Collier is. So I was like, can I replace this habit? So instead, I have three apps that I go on instead of Instagram. So I still lay in my bed. I'm still on my phone. I didn't change either of those. I don't have to pop up right away and I don't have to not touch my phone. I just changed one of those three things, which is the app that I'm going to on my phone. So I have three different apps. Sometimes I'm on all three of them. Sometimes I'm on one of them. I have a devotional app. I have a app where my sister uploads photos of her uh, kids, uh, my niece and nephew called Tiny Beans. And I have um, some like brain, brain stimulating apps where you kind of play little mind games or whatever. One's called Luminosity and another is called Peak. So those little things are are really helping me because then they're done. There's only so many games on the I don't have the paid version of the games, so I get 3 games. So I can't be on there for forever. My sister only uploaded so many photos from yesterday. I can't be on there for forever, and the devotional is super short. It's called Jesus Calling, 
and it's really short. So all told, once I do those three things, I can't I can't be lying there for half an hour. There's just not, not that much to do. So then I said, okay, after, after I work out, it wasn't just working out that was my desire. Yes, that was one of them. But what was the other pain point for me in my schedule uh, or the other multiple pain points? So number one was personal time that I I didn't have time to journal. Like that was the thing that I was yearning was like, I feel like I have this prayer journal that I love that I never use. And I'd love to be able to to review the sermon notes from Sunday and like go deeper. And whenever I do those things, I feel good. Like I want to, I want more personal growth time and I'm not getting that. And again, I said, my day is really full. I'm not finding it there. I'm exhausted by the time I get tonight. That's not why I'm diving in when I'm diving into it. So that would leave mornings. And then Instagram and my mastermind students engaging with, with y'all in those two places. I realized that I was not allocating any time for Instagram on my schedule from that week in a life. And I also was hosting a mastermind for the first time in the fall. And I realized they didn't have a set time on my calendar. There wasn't for either place that I'm engaging. Now, I know I'm going to record a podcast episode for you every week. So that always gets on the calendar and it always happens. But these things that are recurring, they didn't have a space on my calendar. And therefore, they would constantly get crowded out by the priorities of and the deadlines of that week. And then I really thought, what is distracting me during this time? Because I said, okay, I'm going to, I wake up at seven. I get down to the studio by eight. I have 30 minutes there, eight to 8.30. I walk to a cafe nearby. Um, I work from home. So I've just always, ever since I ran my business, I love to get out of the house and go have breakfast someplace. Um, So I walk there at 8.45 to 9.30. I have that personal time. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm struggling with that a little bit because I tend to want to get right into doing something. And I'm like, oh, note to self, Hillary, note that what you're really struggling to do right away, what you're yearning to do is be productive. When you you really want this time, but you're like, tell, you've got this narrative in your head that if you could just get some things done, somehow that'll make you feel better. So that's its own new thing that's come up is I have to be like, no, you are not going to get on Instagram yet. You are not going to go help the mastermind you are going to do your journaling. You are going to sit and read this book or, you know, listen to this podcast or whatever it is. So 845 to 930, I do that. And then from 930 to 1030, I have for Instagram or my mastermind or things related to that. Sometimes it might not be that I'm, you know, actually on Instagram. I'm creating content that hasn't gotten onto Instagram yet, or I'm not in our mastermind group, but I'm researching something for them. So I then realized, okay, but my team is used to me being on at uh, nine o'clock. And so they are starting to slack me. It's a messaging system that we use. Um, they are starting to slack me at nine o'clock. And now I'm getting frustrated. Like, ugh, it makes me feel like I'm, it makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. It makes me feel like I'm cheating because I'm doing other work. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but it's like, this is a very valid part of my business, <laughs> Instagram and our mastermind. And even my working on my mindset and my mental health, that's a very big part of our business. So why on earth am I feeling guilty that I'm doing these things? And then I have to dig into, you've somehow come up with a narrative that you should feel guilty for being on Instagram. Maybe because a lot of people in culture talk about wasting time on Instagram, but that's not what you're doing. You're on Instagram for business. So that's a thought that you've let yourself think for a long time. And therefore, when someone pings you, you're feeling like, Oh, why aren't you guys just giving me my alone time or something when it's like, okay, well, you haven't trained them to do that. So 
notice in there for you if you start to shift your schedule, if you start to shift your life, what you're doing with your finances, what you're putting in your body, whatever it is. Are there, do you need to communicate that to anyone else in your life? Hey, friends, I want to tell you, I'm really working on saving money. So I would love if when we get together, we could get together at somebody's house, bring a bottle of wine. Like I, I totally know you guys will still want to go out to fancy dinners. I'm just not going to come and I don't like, but communicate that. Otherwise your friends keep, you know, asking you to do things and they don't realize that they're giving you a temptation that you don't really want. So I said to my team, could you guys hold off? Could you hold your questions unless they are a fire until 10 or 10.30? And, you know, partially it's communicated. Partially, you just might want to silence your phone at certain times. If you are working on your, um, your, your schedule, is there a time where you just turn your phone off? For me, personally, I do want to be available in case something really happens and my team needs me. So it just was more about communication. So after that 10.30 time, I then tried, okay, I'm going to do the first half of my day creative work and the second half uh, meeting times. And we've sort of been in this rhythm before. This wasn't brand new, but I did see my uh, girlfriend, Jordan Lee Dooley, had posted her schedule and just visually seeing it for someone else. I was like, yeah, that's good. I should just kind of claim that time as my like creative work time. Well, it wasn't working because we needed more meetings. We had these meetings that we were scheduled with, but we wouldn't get through everything. So then we'd schedule a follow-up meeting the next day and then a follow-up meeting. And then that would eat into the creative time. And I realized over the last couple of weeks, I'm not having any flow time. I'm, I need four hours to get into this project and I've got one hour. And so I'm stopping and starting and I'm context switching and I'm leaking so much time. So just for, you know, just brand new for this week, I have rethought how we are doing our meetings in two ways. Number one, I have rebranded them again because I think names matter to focus sessions. And those are only happening two days a week. They're happening earlier, you know, pretty much as soon as I am in the office after those other things. But instead of let's talk about all the things for an hour and then go and do them, it's let's get on a meeting for three hours where we're going to talk about the things and then we are going to do the things. So when I leave this focus session, I don't have any other tasks that are coming up in that project for the next week unless something unexpected arises. But we're just, we're batching all of it during that time and we're staying on that focused train and we're really having more collaborative work sessions. So we're testing out that. And then simultaneously, I worked with my executive coach to really rethink through the productivity of our meetings and realizing, okay, actually half the stuff that's brought to me at meetings could be written down and I could read it and respond to it much faster if everybody gave it to me 24 hours before the meeting. I look at it, I ask any follow-up questions, and then half the stuff we're talking about on the meetings, we don't have to talk about and they really get reserved for only the things that truly require more uh, discussion. So we will see how that goes, but it's an example of I really keep noticing what do I need and let me workshop something new with it. I need flow windows. I need those longer times to work and it's not happening. So let's make a shift. I also need accountability. I know that I do better if I have tons of tiny little tasks all over my Asana, our project management system. Oh man, that feels draining to, to do that. And it makes me not want to do my flow tasks because I'm like, I could, I could knock out five things real quick right here versus one thing that's going to take me four hours to do. It is way better for me to say, Okay, guys, you are my accountability. 
this is my time to get this done and I'm not going to have time for another week. So we're all going to sit here and we're going to make it happen and we're all going to work on, you know, the same thing. And I need to teach my team to be more efficient and create structure for that. Once someone, a consultant in my life points out, you could be doing this more effectively. Let me go ahead and address that and create a new structure. So we've got two big uh, collaborative days for our focus sessions on Mondays and Thursdays. I've got partial things later in the day on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are afternoons I teach or whatnot. So I've pretty much got half or more of Tuesday, Wednesday, and all day Friday. And that seems on the calendar like it would be about the same amount of time that I had before. If you kind of spaced it out throughout the week, you'd say, well, have you really bought yourself any more hours? But in shifting around our schedule, sometimes it isn't about truly you know, saying I have more or less hours for this, but are they more productive? Are they more focused? Am I doing less context switching? Am I batching everything together? So if I have less little tasks on four different projects every day of the week, then those longer days really do become true flow windows. And specifically as a P on Myers-Briggs, I thrive in that and really having that spaciousness in my day. So by the time we get into the night, this is where my schedule starts to get a little a little squishy. Um, I From five to six, I go back into Instagram and our mastermind again. And I don't get to both of those windows daily, but I am getting way better at, I am getting in there way more often than I was before they were scheduled. So know that when I talk about my schedule, I don't follow it perfectly. I'm not looking at it every day being like, okay, five more minutes and then I got to switch. But the framework is so helping. There is such a better framework in place. And again, for me, as that P on Myers-Briggs, I, I wouldn't do well with everything being perfectly timed out on a clock, but there's certain things I need to be really specific on. I am getting to the gym by eight o'clock. I am really holding myself on the top of the day. And then yes, from five to six, I am doing something in that direction of Instagram and the mastermind, even if it's not perfectly 30 minutes here and 30 minutes there. Then I say on my schedule that six to 6.30 is personal time. I'm not doing so great at this one. Um, I tend to not turn off, which is a a deeper issue, really, from essentialism, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, that I have too much work, too many projects, too many priorities. And so really, when I say I'm done with work, I'm probably still for the next two hours on the couch replying to DMs and replying to comments and engaging with the community or I didn't get to the mastermind. So then I'm I'm in there and I'm catching up for two hours. So I'm not really having that clean cutoff. But for me, this time of day is my lowest pain point right now. It's again saying I'm not going to try to do all the things. If I am really consistently crushing my mornings, I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to relish that. And I'm going to be okay that I'm not living a perfect schedule every single day. And that's my weakest pain point right now. Like, I don't have kids that I'm trying to spend time with. I get plenty of time with my husband. I do enjoy being on Instagram in these communities. And so it's not, that's not the biggest thing at the end of my week that I'm just like, why did I keep engaging with people from six to eight? So for right now, I'm letting it go. And I say that 6.30 to 8.30 is couple time. Yeah, I mean, some people were really inspired by that. And I was like, maybe this sounds a little too aspirational. I just mean that's the time that we're both home. And this idea of personal time was kind of saying, could I add in that, you know, I'm taking a bath, I'm reading a book, I'm doing some research for myself. I'm just kind of doing something rather than feeling like my absolutely only windows in uh, in my life of that are 45 minutes in the morning 
and 30 minutes before I fall asleep at night. I just thought if I'm craving more of that, could I try to add that in with a little bit more intention? And then couple time just kind of means we're eating dinner, we're watching a show together. And I think we could be more intentional with that. I think as other things start to fall into place a little bit more in my schedule and with some things that we have coming up in March that I'll be sharing about, I could see us getting a little bit more intentional about that. But it's I want to share that because again, it is not about doing all, all the things. It is what are my greatest pain points? And speaking of greatest pain points, we are now at nighttime. The first thing I did was set alarms because I told you I have very little willpower and my brain is shot at the end of the day because I am a very focused worker and I do accomplish a lot. So I needed to set alarms on my phone. Guys, I have so many alarms on my phone. I have three alarms. I have an alarm that goes off at 8.30 that says, get ready for bed. I have an alarm that goes off at 9 that says, get in bed. And I have an alarm that goes off at 9.45 that says, go to bed. <laughs> because I, I need that many reminders throughout the night. But nonetheless, I was not listening to them. I wasn't, guys, I'm so smart if I would only listen to myself. <laughs> and I shared this on Instagram stories one day that I said, it's like my past self knows this has been an issue. And my present self knows what the solution is to make it no longer an issue. But, or sorry, my future self, my past self knows this has been an issue. My future self knows how that it's going to be better. But my present self, it's like negotiating with my four-year-old nephew about having to take three more bites of broccoli before we can have dessert. Like, this is preposterous. I'm a grown woman. So I just really have had to go back to, I, I need to listen to myself. There's no other thing. I'm holding myself accountable. Yes, I have sort of looped Jeremy in on, hey, babe, here's what I feel like I'm not being good at. So that's great. He has my back. And again, maybe for you, that is another girlfriend that you find that is also really working on her thing and you guys are going to text each other. But sometimes you just got to pull up your big girl pants and be like, girl, you you put the alarm on. Can you just can you just pay attention to it? And then really dig into what are you doing that you are ignoring the alarm? So I realized at one point I had it set for, um, I, I was struggling to get to bed on time. So I started to set it so much earlier at eight that then when it would go off at eight, what I'd say is it doesn't take you an hour to wash your face, brush your teeth, take your contacts out, put your pajamas on. You've got time. You can do this at 830. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, again, I'm like rationalizing myself. So then I realized, OK, I need to put it back to 830 because that that Hillary is right. It doesn't take an hour. So let's do a half hour. Why am I not turning it off at, at 8.30? Because I, I want to watch another episode of the show because I don't want to put Instagram down yet. Like, okay, let's have a big girl conversation about what is it that you are doing that you are not. And this is where that mindfulness comes in because you've got a reason why you want the cookie, why, you're, why you put the thing on the credit card, like whatever it is for you. But if you can really work on slowing yourself down, there is a thought that you are thinking that is what is ultimately leading to that action. So that AM wake up depends on the nighttime before. And when I said one of the reasons I realized I was struggling to actually get up and get out the door is the times that I was hitting snooze three times. And I, so I really started working on, I feel so different when I can wake up with one snooze versus three snoozes. And I'm only just being like, okay, fine, I will get up. And that depends on, I need a lot of sleep. I need more than eight hours of sleep. And so I therefore really need to be going to bed earlier. So what I'm playing with right now as my newest thing is do I read until I'm tired or do I turn out the light when the alarm goes off at 9.45? Normally, I've always read until I'm tired and then I can fall asleep right away. Last few days, I've noticed I'm I'm honoring the 9.45, but then I'm laying there for a while. So I feel like I need to test that out. But again, I'm being so mindful of it that I actually can test it out and compare. Katie had said, I'm 
just not a morning person, but I want so badly to be. Do you have any advice? Katie, some of the things I pointed out today are really it being small shifts. Don't tell yourself you're going to go from 7 to 4.30. Figure out how to go from, you know, 8 a.m. to 7.30. Don't tell yourself you're going to go to bed two hours earlier. Focus on 15 minutes earlier. Focus on setting the first alarm. Like really take baby steps and focus on your why. Why do you want to be a morning person? How would that feel? How would your life be better? Why are you staying up late at night? You got to really ask yourself these questions. Uh, Katie had said, oh, we had a Katie and a Katie spelled a different way. She said, how do you set a routine when your schedule is unreliable? So I got this question a few from a few different places. And I would imagine that for most of you who have variable schedules, you don't have a hundred versions. It's not like every single day of the month is something different. You probably have like three. You know, it's I work the first shift or I work the second shift. I work on a weekday or I work on a weekend. You know, you have a couple of variables that are happening in your life. On these days, my kid is at preschool. On these days, they aren't. On these days, my husband, you know, sometimes my husband, it may not even be certain days. On the days that my husband can, he does the morning routine with the kids, but he can't always do it. Okay, then create two or three schedules. I ultimately have two different days of the week's schedules. I, I have my long focus session collab days on Mondays and Thursdays. I have a couple of things later in the day on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and I have nothing on Friday. So again, you can see that Instagram link below to see what those look like, but not every day is exactly the same to me. I do realize that I'm super uh, blessed that my my mornings are the same, but notice that there are plenty of people for whom that isn't the case. Just again, simplify it. Come up with, okay, so when I work the morning shift, here's what my schedule's like. When I work the afternoon shift, here's what it's like. If I get home before this from my night shift, I have this day. If I get home after this time, then I have this day. And then you adjust and you're not beating yourself up that you got home at two o'clock in the morning from work and you're expecting that you're going to be at a seven o'clock workout class. You adjust that. On those days, you have a nine o'clock, you know, workout time instead, whatever. Lauren said, how do you plan in errands, cleaning, and general adulting? I love this question, Lauren, and I love the, the phrase that you used of like general adulting, you know? Because yeah, I know. Um, I am really weak at this area because I put all of my willpower into my business. <laughs> this is something I've talked about a lot with my entrepreneur students the last couple months that one of the reasons why I think entrepreneurs need to be in community and uh, in a mastermind and have other people that they are alongside and um, and working with because we put all of our willpower into our business. Or maybe you put all of your willpower into parenting and into being patient and into being structured and into discipline. And then when it comes to you, you're like, I have no more forks to give, right? So again, I would say start elsewhere. Like if that's the ninth question that you're getting to is, okay, but when do I do laundry or when do I run errands? Start with the first thing, unless that's your first thing. Your first thing is you're like, I think I beat myself up all the time because I just don't freaking have clean clothes because I never can make time for laundry. Okay, great. So Lauren, maybe laundry is you're going to the gym. Maybe laundry is your thing to start with where you're like, here, here is the thing that I'm going to put into place first. This is the first domino. It's actually what I complain about. But I think a lot of times it's that we come up with, here's 12 different things that I want to fit into the schedule. Okay, let's go back and listen to the episode on essentialism. What are the first ones that matter most? And I believe that then it will waterfall over. As I create structure and spaciousness and rhythms, then I'm going to find that. Also, as I do more essentialism, 
as I do less. I think that is a huge part of it is even for myself realizing how many of the tasks that are on my list do I have to do, you know? And I realize in being an entrepreneur, I have more ability to justify delegation, for example, and say I can earn more per hour than the cost of the housekeeper that I hire. So instead of hiring an employee that would be more expensive per hour, I'm just going to go do my Instagram myself instead of having a social media manager. But instead, I'm going to pay someone to clean my house and I'm going to pay someone to cook for me because I don't like doing either of those things. And they can be less expensive than this other thing I need in my business. And I can then go make more money in my business over there. So I also acknowledge that I'm very blessed that I do have some of those things that are in there. But on the other hand, there are a lot of people listening that are not running, you know, full-time businesses and teams of 12. And we all have those things. We all have an area where you are more blessed and you all have an area where something's harder for you. And knowing that we all have those versus focusing on, well, she has this and I don't, I think is really helpful. So the benefits of this, I'm going back to the mindfulness. That is my best takeaway. And it's why when I said, okay, last April, I tried the Pilates and I didn't stick with it. And on the one hand, why should you listen to me in this episode if you're like, yeah, this girl says she's going to work out, but then she like falls off a couple weeks later. Well, the real difference is that, I mean, I was I was trying to check a box. You know, I, I want to be someone who works out. I want to move my body. I have that. So I'm trying to check a box. But there wasn't really as powerful a shift as, wow, I am being more mindful. I am more self-aware. Now I feel more empowered over my schedule. I feel like less of a victim. I feel less like my day is just happening to me. My life is just happening to me. I'm out of control. I'm overwhelmed. I'm less disappointed in myself because I'm aware of what I am doing. The times that I mess up, the things that I'm still not getting right, the things I still wish I had time for or whatever, I'm, I don't feel as guilty. I don't feel as much of a failure. I don't feel as frustrated because I'm like, okay, but look, you just, you just had a great aha yesterday and you already implemented it today. So look at you. Way to grow, girl. Like you're doing it. And it is so, it's such a healthier mindset that I am in. And it's really why I'm so passionate about sharing this with you because that I would not have associated that for anyone else whose podcast I listen to on here were the values of working out every day or here were the values of having a morning routine. I've heard people preach both of those till kingdom come and they didn't shift anything for me. And maybe today it is just the right place, right time, right message for you. Or maybe it's this different shift of this is about mindfulness. This is about being really empowered and and creating the life that I want. Like, does that resonate in a different way? And does the idea that instead of being like, oh, my muscles are going to hurt or, oh, I have to wake up when it's dark outside. If instead it's, what if I felt more aware of what I was doing? What if I felt more peaceful and confident in how I was spending my time? Would that mindfulness be a different motivator? So the next steps of where I am headed in this, essentialism. Come back to that again. Listen to that episode if you haven't yet. But I am still aware that I am doing too much. And I had a call with my executive coach <clears throat> last week and I just said, I I don't want to be the girl that cried wolf. You know, I we've all had that friend who says they want to lose weight or they want to leave the guy or whatever. And it's been a year, 
three years, five years, 10 years, and they're still saying the same thing. Does anyone remember that episode of Sex in the City when Carrie breaks up with Big, or Big breaks up with Carrie, I'm sure, and um, then she just can't stop talking about it, and they keep showing all these times when she's sitting down with the girls, and she just keeps going over it again and again and again, and she's like, she's like, I just, my poof was too big for him. I just, you know, he's like this, and I'm just like, poof, and they're like, oh my gosh, you gotta stop. They finally just snap, and are like, we can't hear you talk about it and rehash it anymore. I don't want to be that girl. I want to be someone that is grace gracious with myself, that doesn't beat myself up, but also problem solves and doesn't just complain about things. And so I was really struggling with, I am not where I want to be. And I don't know, is that because I'm making excuses and I'm saying, oh, just one more month and I'll be there. Let me just get through this one more launch and then I'll get to this new season. Or is that actually true? And I just need to be patient. And I think that it is true maturity to know the difference because I've been saying in many ways for many years, just one more launch, just a, just one more project, just we just got to get to this thing and then I will write my book and then I will, you know, hire for this role and then I will. And I've been in that season and I in that in that I have still also made a lot of progress. It's not like I've just been a broken record. Anyone in my life would would look back every year and people frequently comment on, oh my gosh, girl, you've grown so much. <laughs> you, are, you are in such a better place than you were last year. So I can acknowledge my growth and yet I can also go back and beat myself up and be like, oh, but aren't I always saying just one more month and then I'm going to be there? And because I had a coach, which for you, it might be a best friend. It might be someone on your team. It might be a therapist. She was able to say, you are making so much progress and you are taking massive action. This is not that you are not working hard enough. It is simply the reality that not everything is going to change overnight. And a lot of times you can identify what an issue is, but you can't do anything about it quite yet. So you know you still have a few too many things on your plate for February, but you see why things are shifting and you see how you are simplifying. And so I really want to encourage you to keep, to be willing to keep adjusting and tweaking, trying, exploring, being curious, and noting your progress daily as you go along. Celebrate those shifts. And when you're looking for the tiny little shifts, that's how you keep feeling and seeing the progress. When you're not waiting for, I lost 10 pounds. When all you're doing is going, oh my gosh, five, like two days in a row, high five, went down to the gym in the morning, five days, did it all five days this week. Like, those are the little tiny wins and we tend to look for the bigger ones. And I truly can tell you that I believe you will feel so much happier, calmer, more proud, less overwhelmed, have less meltdowns. Those have been all the emotions that I have felt in the last three weeks, which is why I would say, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast, even though it's only been three weeks, because I want to talk about it from the middle. And I'm also confident that there's a true shift here that is, okay, this is more than just I checked a box of working out or I muscled my way through a morning routine. So whatever your pain point, focus on that one area of growth, that one first initial shift, that root cause, the smallest step that you can take to begin to see that growth in your actions and trust that it will happen at the right time. And you might listen to this message today and it still might not be the right time for you. And it is okay to take in wisdom for a while before it is the right time. That again goes back to that maturity. When are you making excuses? 
that you really do need to take action? And when are you being too hard on yourself for thinking that every single podcast episode you listen to is immediately going to be implemented and changing your life the next day? So I said this on Instagram and I want to repeat it. If I can successfully work out every morning for three weeks after 10 years of not doing anything of the sort, you can do anything. Truly, you can do anything if I can say that I have not done this thing for 10 years and then I'm able to make a shift in it. I really hope this inspires you. Know that no matter how successful you see someone is, we always have new ways to grow. You know, no one is epic at everything. And remember that anyone that you are looking to that already has something that is working for them has something that doesn't. And that we all have in common. If you missed my episode on the Royal 20s mindset that kicked off on January 1, I'm going to link that below. Please listen to that because this Royal mindset is truly at the core of today's class and all of the things that we are talking about in this season as a community. Please come tell me your questions on Instagram. I will do a follow-up episode to this if there is enough to discuss, and I will continue to share on stories over there. It has been so special getting to connect with those of you that are over there, that are watching every day, that are DMing, uh, knowing that whatever it is that we're working on, we are holding one another accountable and inspiring one another. I would love if you would post your routine on stories. If this is something that you are working on, post it on Instagram stories, tag me so that I can see and you can inspire all of us, share this episode, take a screenshot of it, tag me, share it with the people in your life and see if there's others that you resonate, um, connect and can hold one another accountable. I cannot wait to hear more of your story and help you more over on Instagram until I see you here next Wednesday. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is getting to hang out with you more. I really think this comes down to two things. One is it is my business anniversary. February 1, 2011 was my aha moment of when I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so every February, I do extra teaching specifically for entrepreneurs. I have a class I teach every year that is one of my most popular called How to Get Paid to Be Creative. So you can swipe up and uh, save your seat for that. I am teaching that tomorrow and Friday live. So come hang out with me. I will do business coaching afterwards and we will just get that time together. I am going into a new season uh, next month and in the months following. So I will not be teaching live for a while. I will share that in an upcoming episode. But uh, if you are an entrepreneur, I love the extra time that we are getting this month. So please let's hang out and take advantage of that. Swipe up now and save your seat for that. And whether you are an entrepreneur or not, I am loving the time that we are spending over on Instagram stories and in my Instagram feed. I think that adding this into my rhythm, as you heard, has really just given me more intentional time with all of you and really being able to go deeper. So I've been sharing these daily things about my routine and answering your questions about routines and the Elegant Excellence Journal and beauty and your dreams. So come on over to Instagram stories. Join in the polls that I'm putting up there, the Q&As, DM me. Uh, the posts in my feed are rarely fluffy. I do a lot of teaching and inspiration and education in there. So if you have not seen those posts for a while, head over to my profile at Hillary Rushford, like and comment on a bunch of them, save 
a bunch of them to a collection to just kind of remind the app, like, I want to be seeing this post and I'm realizing that I'm not seeing it. Actively seek out, like proactively go over to my Instagram stories, tap on them. It'll start to come up more at the top of your feed, but really know that I am here for you. And if you are loving the content here on the podcast, more of it is happening all the time on almost daily basis over on Instagram stories and my Instagram feed. So I will see you over there. But first, if this episode blessed you, I would truly be so grateful if you would take 60 seconds and leave a review. We broke 800. We passed 800 on our reviews, which is so wonderful. I would love to be able to get to 1,000 by our one-year anniversary which is highly unlikely at this rate, but because we have so, so, so many more thousands of listeners than that, I know that it would actually be possible if every person who heard this truly said, I know she said this before, but I'm really gonna do it. We just, she talked about mindfulness and slowing down in the moment, and I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna pause, I'm gonna figure out this iTunes rating thing. I know it's gonna take me five minutes, but you know what? Look where Hillary, she gives me an hour of her life every single week, and it probably takes her more hours, all told, putting it together. It does. And you know what? I'm going to take five minutes and I'm just going to say thank you. That would mean so much to me and it would help me to reach so many more people with this gift every week. So thank you in advance and I will see you over on Instagram and back here next Wednesday with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday. 